Hi guys, my name is Will. Welcome back to Uncomfortable Christianity, where we strive to have real conversations about following Christ in order to encourage others to do the same. And my name is Titus, and here at Uncomfy, we don't just want you to be a couch dweller in your faith. We want you to be uncomfortable for Christ. y'all welcome back um, it's awesome to be back in the studio today it's exciting to have dr wilmington here with us today so dr wilmington if you want to take it away introduce yourself um, uh, let us know a little bit about you um, what you do for a living um, why are you here to talk to us today yeah thanks for letting me be here uh, i'm matt wilmington and uh, i teach some ministry classes over at liberty uh, specifically in the pastoral leadership area School of Divinity, but uh, I'm executive pastor of ministries over at Thomas Road Church. So I lead uh, a lot of staff that leads a lot of departments that makes Christ followers. And so we're always learning how to follow Jesus and help others to follow him as well. Yeah, and I think that's why we had like you in today in the studio to talk about leadership. Uh, and I wanted to focus this episode more on the following aspect of leadership, because I think a lot of people skip that. I think that we need to first learn how to follow before we can, can we can lead, um, and that kind of leads us into our first question: like, how do you follow better? Because I don't think that's a mm-hmm. that's a focus of many people. I think a lot of people just kind of just jump straight to the leadership aspect of it. Yeah, I think that's that's a great question, and it goes back to Imago Day. You know, we were created image of God, and you have to really go back to our design as humans. What were we created to do? In some ways, some people might say, well, we were created uh, to create things and conquer things and expand and do all that. Well, that's only partially true. We were created as worshipers of God. So if God is the leader, uh, so be it, uh, we are his followers. So we were created to worship God and to be in relationship with him. Secondly, from that, then he tells us, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, but he tells us to actually go out and conquer and create. So when we are fallen, when we are away from God, we only focus on that second part. We focus on, well, I'm going to lead, I'm going to conquer, I'm going to create things, I'm the man. And we, we lose that first part where, no, I start on my knees. I start as a worshiper of God. And if I can follow God, if I get that right submission first, then when I stand up to lead, it's a lot stronger. But if I miss that first part, um, I'm not really leading. I'm just going for a walk aimlessly. Yeah. I think um, Dr. Wheeler had like an analogy that he talked about, like a story that they were building a, they're building like an elevator and they were, they were digging the foundation and they were digging so far into the ground. And then they were like, why do we dig so far? Cause we're digging mm-hmm. super deep. And then they were talking about how if they if they just went like a foot less, like just a little bit less in their foundations, the whole thing would fall. Mm-hmm. Like all of it mm-hmm. would fall down. And I think that's super important to remember that our foundations of like we are first followers of Christ mm-hmm. is super important to understand. And, and by the way, that's not, you know, we obviously those of us who are Christ followers and in the church or Christians, but everyone on earth, there are 8 billion souls on the earth right now. They were all created that way. So whether they know it or whether they're, uh, you know, whether they're aware of it, they were wired to, to worship God. 
And that's something we have to, that's part of evangelizing is letting people know you were actually created to follow. And of course, that goes against Western culture and really global culture now because we're all individualistic. Yeah. We all want what we want. And I, I, I march to my own drum beat and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm special. I'm like no one else. Well, that's only partially true. So it's something that we've got to talk about to anybody, not just those inside the church. Yeah. Um, so our next question, uh, kind of, uh, again, on that topic of following, um, I feel like the answer is like a little bit self-explanatory, so bear with, but yeah. how do you know who to follow? Because, um, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, we're all following Christ. That is our mm -hmm. goal. Um, to become more like mm -hmm. him. Just, I mean, just like you were saying, we we're all created to worship. I mean, we as followers of Christ mm -hmm. made to worship him. Um, and so how do you know, I'm a little bit more on the human scale of it, who you should follow when it comes to those leaders that are inside of your life. Um, you know, what's the discerning factor that um, you might be using? I mean, definitely, you know, measuring things on scripture, but like elaborate a little bit on mm -hmm. that. Yeah, that's good. There's actually, I mean, there's different layers of following so the first path of following is the authority that god's put in our lives and i know we want to talk about well who to follow who do you follow like who's your mentor or who's your you know who's your leader we have to start with the fact that god has ordained and put leaders and authorities in our lives mm. and yes we live in a broken world so that's the hard part so the obvious thing is I need to first submit and follow and learn from the natural authorities, the natural leaders that God has put in front of me. For us, very simply, again, even if we don't know God, even if we're not in church, we have human government and we have family. And so what I would tell people is that you can't go looking for other followers. Well, I don't, you know, I want to follow someone that I want to follow. Well, that's not really following I'm, I'm, I'm a consumer. I'm going after someone to tickle my ears to make me feel good. That's another question, but I, I want to go after a celebrity or I want to follow someone that I admire. Great. But first of all, God has created the world with structure and authority. And so we were placed into homes and we have mothers and fathers. And so the Bible tells us that first of all, of course, that's one of the top 10, right? You know, yeah. the top 10 commandments is obey, uh, respect, listen to your moms and dads. So my, my dad died four years ago. He was 86 years old. I was still listening to him and respecting him at 86. My mom is 83. I still listen to her. I was with her last night. Now, obviously, somebody's going to say, yeah, that's great. I don't know who dad is. I don't know who mom is. Yeah. I've been abused. They're not worth following. And I would simply say, uh, first of all, it's tragic that... Uh, that the devil has gotten in and broken this picture. But, but most of us, it still is whatever authorities in my life, in my home, I still can learn from them, even if it's a bad lesson. I am to follow them because there is safety in that authority. And then the second thing, obviously, is human government, to which, again, we'd all roll our eyes and say, good grief, like, which government and which party and, you know, how am I going to follow these... Well, Romans makes it clear where to, where to follow authority. So I know that's sort of a, a contrarian thought, but I don't start by going shopping for which guru do I want to be like. 
I start with the authorities in my life. And if I submit to that, you know, Jesus in Luke chapter 2, at the end of the whole Christmas story, remember that. He grew up, and then he's 12, and he goes to the temple, and, you know, i am got to do my dad's business. But that last piece there, Luke 2.52, it talks about he went home with his mom, Mary, and his stepdad, his stepdad, Joseph, yeah. who he's more perfect than. He's, yeah. he's more perfect than his parents. And Jesus, it says, he submitted he submitted to his family, to his parents. And Hebrews tells us that Jesus learned, which is a weird statement, he learned obedient. He learned how to obey as a human um, by being submitted to, to authority. So I know that's a contrarian thing, but we start by submitting to and learning from and following the people that God's put in our path, first of all. Yeah. Uh, kind of like a tangent off the side of that. Um, a question to add, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, how do you follow those leaders in your life who are placed there, mm-hmm. like their, you know, parents, whatever they might be, that government, um, when they might oppose Christ? Yeah. And what does that look like? How, yeah. you know, I mean, like you just said, we are to, and I, I believe strongly we are to still submit yeah. unto that, but how mm-hmm. do you follow those leaders that might not, be following Christ might be anti everything that you as a believer of Christ might be standing for. Yeah, no, that's great. So the, the key there, let's take like husbands and wives. So Ephesians 5, there's the whole debate. If uh, secular people know anything and they'll they'll talk about women, well, the church abuses women and it downtrodden. And my goodness, there's been a lot of brokenness. Yeah. Uh, but in Ephesians, and they'll always pick up in Ephesians 5, women submit, right? And that's the big thing. I can't believe you'd go to a church or you'd be part of a thing where women have to bow. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, it's not women. Wives submit to who? Men. No, to your own husbands. There's a relationship there. But the key there is as unto the Lord. So submission is never, the end is never that I'm I'm submitting to my human father. Harold Wilmington was a great man. Uh, he's, as I said, he's buried not too far. He's up here on this mountain, buried up there. He was a great man. He wasn't perfect. So the end of my following is never just you or you. You know, it's, it's not a human father or a human husband or a governor or a president or a police officer. My, my ultimate following of them is not, well, I'll do what you say because you're good and you're perfect. My following of them is I follow Christ through them. So that's the mindset we have to start with is, so my dad doesn't know God or my mom's abusive or, you know, the governor of our, you know, I I don't like our mayor or I don't like these police or, you know, my husband's not the greatest. Uh, I'm going to unconnect. There's a piece of not allowing ourselves to be abused, honestly, that's yeah. not godly. Yeah. Now, to be abused is to allow someone's sin to play out. So, for instance, real, I want to make sure this is understood. If a woman came to us at our church and said, hey, I'm, my husband's abusing us, me, we would not say, well, dear sister in Christ, you just need to submit to, to the Lord. You know, no, no, no. Our first thing is call the cops. Why? Because to <coughs> allow your husband to continue to abuse you actually shows that you don't love him because the most loving thing I can do is to encourage you to do what's right. 
And so I want to make sure that's clear. It's not meant, well, I'm just going to be abused. Now, we could have a long talk about what what is abuse. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. And uh, we've gotten very, 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 very soft. Oh, you know, and, and I won't go in. I'm an old guy, so I won't get into that. But it's like, oh, I've been so abused. No, no, no. Most of us haven't. So I want to make sure that's clear. But the whole point is we we submit to Christ through that human authority. The human authority in our lives is only there to be a picture of our submission to God. And so ultimately, I think that if a wife submits to her husband in the home as unto Christ, then as to father, the father will 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 flourish her life. And the Bible says also, your husband's not that great of a guy. Peter and Paul does, tells us this. You could win your husband over. He'll be a better man because you're submitting to the Lord. So we have to see with spiritual eyes. It's not just, I like this officer, police officer. I like this teacher. I like this boss. I like this, um, you know, this pastor. And we're submitting. I know this gets deep. It goes off in a lot of directions. Yeah. But some following that's why I want to get it away from following a leader or following a mentor. Too much in our culture is very consumeristic. It's very, it's still very self-centered. I want somebody that I like who will pour into me, make me feel good. Yeah. And then my life is not changed. My life is more changed by disciplining myself to submit to the Lord through broken human authority. Yeah. That's really where I grow. Yeah. One of my... Um uh, mentors um, <laughs> would tell me quite often um, while we were working together was you can learn just as much from bad behavior as you can from good behavior. Yeah, right. And sometimes putting yourself in that submission, I mean, submission has that heart of humility behind it yeah. of humbling yourself before whoever you're submitting unto because ultimately that's our relationship with the Lord mm-hmm. of submitting unto him, humbling ourselves before him. That was Jesus with his heavenly father of humbling himself mm-hmm. even unto death unto the cross. Um, so it all leads back to that humility of just sitting there, mm-hmm. submitting unto that regardless of who might be leading. Yep. And again, there are so many like yeah. different roads that you could go down on that where it's like, oh, well, you need to stop. Yeah, what about, like, what about, yeah. And I, I would say this real quick too, that if you look at scripture, most of the mentor-mentee or leader-follower relationships, most of them you can see where the leader was broken, like they failed. Yeah. Uh, Joseph was submitted to his, his father and to his older brothers and to Potiphar, you know. And, and you, like you go again and again and you'll find leaders, besides Jesus, you're going to find a, David. You know, Nathan's a prophet and he's, yeah. sub, these people are submitted. The household servants are submitted to David, but man, he goes astray. So even good leaders... They're all, it's all about, bro- we're all broken. Yeah. You know, we own, that's why we follow God. Yeah. It is funny how the Bible specifically points out <laughs> every human character mm-hmm. um, and imperfection yeah. in them, except for Christ, because ultimately mm-hmm. that's where our gay should fall. Yeah. I could go on and on about that. But yeah. 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 I really, I really struggle with that, with that point, because um, I don't know, like, following an imperfect leader just doesn't seem mm-hmm. like deep down it just doesn't seem right mm-hmm. um but like countless times you can see like how god used them mm-hmm. for good even though they like lost their way or whatever um kind of an odd not 
completely off topic, but kind of a tangent conversation of like, so how do you find the right church with the right mm-hmm. attitude? Because um, mm-hmm. that's like something that I've been thinking about because you don't, you probably don't want to just pick a church and go there mm-hmm. no matter what, just go there no matter what. Um, but you also don't want to, like, I think you talked about having the the servant attitude. Yeah. You took the, the towel and you're sure, like, yeah. don't serve me, but I want, I want yeah. what can I get out of, like, that type of uh, mindset. Yeah, and the primary is always going to be if I start with God is the Father and he, he is my mentor, he is my shepherd, I am following him, now what? Now I have to find a church. Now I have to deal with this relationship, uh, with this boss or this spouse or the whatever, and it, and it speaks to all of it. And so when it comes to a church, right, that whole topic is the church. What is a church? The church is the Father's family. The church, you know, we've talked about in class that, you know, the church is the family of God under the authority of God, living out the Word of God on the mission of God. And so it moves, it continually moves it out of consumerism. We are consumers. We are worshipers. And we tend to go after things. We're customers. And that's a bad mindset. And I, well, I pick on those of us in the West, but it's all over. I have friends. I was, I was actually WhatsApping with several pastors this morning from India and Indonesia and Russia, mm-hmm. some other friends. It's the same everywhere because human nature is human nature. But if I see, if, if, so if I look at a church as this is the family of Jesus, number one, I need to make sure whatever churches are out there that they truly are a church that they are a family under the authority, on the mission, living out the Word of God. So do they teach the Word of God? Are they under the authority of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit? Are they truly acting like Acts chapter 2, the family? It's the family of God. Uh, And is the teaching clear? Is it around the Word of God? And are they carrying out the Great Commission? So that's simply how I do it. You can say it different ways. Those ways or look at Acts chapter 2. So I, I need to see, is this is this a true church or is it a false church? And then I'm always submitting to the Father. So I'm always praying. Let's say I move to Lynchburg or I move to Seattle or I move wherever, and I say I need to find a church. What I'm saying is, Father, I need to find your family here. What family do you want me to be part of? And I don't know how many people pray about that. Usually we go in with our our, our card, a little check card of, you know, well, what kind of music and what kind of teach? You know, teaching in the sense of what kind of doctrine do I like? You know, and what's the vibe here? What's the ambiance? What kind of coffee they have in the lobby? You know, what do they have for kids? What? Do, I mean, I get this stuff as an executive pastor. Like people are shopping for church. That's just self-centered. That's wrong. we're not customers. We're Christ followers. So the spirit of it is always, Lord, Father, where do you want me? And I, I mean that if I pray with my family, if I pray and fast over, we're moving to, to uh, Baltimore, God, show us what family you want us. If we'll, if we'll lean into that, you may end up in a different style church than you would have ever thought of, but what family does the Father want? What table does the Father want you sitting at? And when we, when we go in with that, then it's less about, well, I don't know if I like this, but I don't know if I like that. It's not about you. Yeah, and I'm not taking away from you know, I, 
what's the preaching like and what are they doing for my children? I mean, you got to be, you still have to go through it. But that's the ultimate. It's following who the Father tells me to follow. Yeah. Kind of tied off um, uh, off of that and like in a different direction. Um, how do we as leaders of churches, because mm-hmm. um, I mean, you know, Will and I are part of different churches. Um, one day we'll be leaders of a church, whatever mm-hmm. that looks like, yeah. whether that be just a member of a church mm-hmm. or if it looks like a, you know, in a pastoral sense, wh- whatever mm-hmm. that looks like. How do we create an environment that is not consumer based to where we have something that you're shopping for? Like, how do we, oh, well, do are we making this worship look like what Christ wants it to look like? Mm-hmm. Or are we making it look like what people want it to look like? How mm-hmm. are we making our lobby look like a fun experience to come and enjoy or how yeah. are we making it this is where Christ wants us as a body of believers so how do we as leaders mm-hmm. I mean especially you mm-hmm. as a leader inside of a church do that to where it's not all right we're bringing a shopping cart let's see what we can get out of a church how do we as leaders not create an environment that kind of plays along with that yeah that's great I, I mean simple word it's vigilance it's like how do I how do I stay healthy well today I just it's Friday, so I rode my bike. Nice. So, uh, and I had good coffee this morning at a coffee house, and and uh, actually ran into a church planter from Williamsburg, and we were talking about this very thing. Uh, how do I stay healthy? I got some sleep last night. I'm trying to eat healthy, and I'm exercising. What do I have to do? I I just turned sixty in December. So, <coughs> how do I stay healthy in my sixties? That, mm-hmm. well, but I did that in my forties. Yeah, that, that doesn't help me at all. Like the salmon and broccoli that I ate in my 40s, that was great. And I was in the gym more in my 40s. Yeah, that doesn't help me today. Today I got to go do it. So honestly, it's, it's the consens- consistency. You can't do it once and for all. Mm-hmm. Leaders, so I lead a staff, a paid staff of 54 people. They lead 1,500 volunteers at Thomas Road. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we have a church that's large. More people, more problems. But it's just vigilance. Like January 23, we've got to we've got to lead biblically now. It doesn't matter that we've led biblically in June of 22. Yeah. So I know that it seems obvious, but no, no. I and I think this is the daily discipline that Jesus really. It's the secret sauce. The secret sauce is deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow me. Mm-hmm. Well, what do I do five years in? What do I do? Ten, what do I do if the church is a thousand people? What if I do? I'm doing the same things. What do I do when I have a wife or a husband or kids? Or grand- You're going to do the same thing. So that's, that's really the vigilance. Like with my team, we, are meeting we-, we meet weekly, we pray, and we look at the Word. I still do that years in. We pray. I've done it this 42 years of my career. We pray each week, and we read the Scriptures because that's the Holy Spirit's going to keep us on track. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night we got to see um, we, we hosted the premiere of the Jesus Revolution movie. Powerful, um, and it was the story of a, a church, Calvary Chapel, and it showed really did a great job of showing how they started at this cool thing, and it started back in the '60s and these Jesus hippies, and it it blew up in a good way. But then leadership got a little self-centered, a little arrogant. And any, it, it can get off track at any place, and then they had to bring it back on. So uh, it's not an exciting answer, but it's the right answer. Is it daily, weekly? We have to say, all right, 
This is a church. Acts 2. Are we, are we lining up to Acts 2? It's not Acts 2. Okay, get it back on Acts 2. That's honestly the, the best thing. Yeah. I would also just like to say you don't look a day over 50, so you do well, look like a 60-year-old. So it's riding the bike, it's working for you. And it's good coffee. <laughs> yeah. Not bad coffee, good Dr. coffee. Dr. Wilmington loves his bike. I he, do. I don't think I've I ever do. been around him or talked to him without there either being a bike present or was. him talking about his bike. And and coffee and bikes. Yeah. So if I can drink coffee on a bike, it's a good day. That's why Fridays are a good day. Can I ask you what uh, where you got coffee today? <coughs> are we allowed to say that? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Shameless plugs. No, I love the coffee. I love the local coffee in Lynchburg. So yeah. first of all, I roast my own beans. Really? I'm a little bit of that guy. Just a little bit. Just <laughs> a little bit. We are going to did, did it come down? I don't know where we're going with it. I roast my own beans because there's nothing like roasting and then three hours later you grind that up, you do a pour over, yeah. it will change your life. Now, beyond that, I like anything that's local. I like La Vida, uh, Golf Park, uh, Third Wave, um, on and on, on and on it goes. Yeah. So, my, It's uh, the secret sauce for leadership. It, it really is. Every Wednesday I have cleanliness checks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the RA above me comes downstairs, and we call it French Press Wednesday. Come on now. Um, we have a French Press. Um, so I also very much like coffee. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. Well, it's because you're not an RA. Yeah, and I'm at Convo at that time. So You've Plus, been left out. So much fun. You've been left out. <laughs> I will roast beans for you guys someday. Aww, perhaps. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually kind of funny because you can usually tell where Dr. Wilmington is in the School of Divinity by his little, he has his little Brompton. I do. It'll be like parked outside of like. Whatever. I have a folding bike uh, cool. from England, and it's my family got it for me. Well, first of all, because you can't park on this campus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and uh, so I don't do this sissy stuff like electronic e bikes. Come on, man. Like, God gave you legs. Respect. Like, do yeah. something. So do you Follow your people bike with that. To campus? Or do yes. You yeah. Wow. So my office is right upstairs here. Yeah. And uh, in the middle of the day, like when I'm teaching, you can't. I have a nice oh, little yeah, pass, sure. but you can't go anywhere with it. Yeah. So I just unf- I've got a little nice folding bike, and I yeah, I, and I, I pull right in. You'll see the bike outside like the room, or like cool. you'll just know where. I'm just riding in. I've Dr. got it. here. You got to get the job done. However, you got to get it done. Yeah, you do. <laughs> amen. Amen. Yeah, all these people out here on the electric skateboards. Yeah, yeah. Well, a little bit back onto. Um, <laughs> topic about leadership you said so many amazing things um so far um but a question that i think young people struggle with um nowadays um especially and specifically speaking towards young people um especially with um leaders um older leaders is Mm -hmm. when do i as a 20 something year old whatever Mm -hmm. it might be um however old you are when do i lead Mm -hmm. um and what does that look like for me? When do I take the reins, quote unquote? Mm-hmm. But also, like, I, I I have an idea of what the answer is, but yeah. I, I would love to hear what your answer is behind that of when do we as young people lead, mm-hmm. even with mm-hmm. older leaders still mm-hmm. leading us? Uh, that's, well, we could talk for a long time about that. So let me just, like, bullet point some stuff out. At any age, I'm not trying to be cheesy or trite. Mm-hmm. We're not called to lead. We're called to follow. We're not called to lead. We're called to be faithful. When do I, when do I get the ball? Give me the ball. Give me the ball. That's a, little, that's a 20-something thing. Give me the ball. That's not wrong. Ambition, zeal is not wrong. What is? And the disciples were that way. Some, hey, when do we get to do the thing? 
It's not wrong, but it's not the ultimate. I am called to be faithful to the assignment the Father gives me. I'm not called to start leading and, and, and doing, doing the thing. Yeah. Um, years ago, I had uh, I'd spoken in Convo or somebody was down. I forget. I was standing there with another uh, professor, and one of our ministry students came up, and he was standing there on the stage. Everybody's tearing down. He's like, he had this big smile. He goes, wow. He goes, man, this is so cool what you guys get to do. He goes, hey, so, so when do you think I can do this? And I, so I liked the zeal. We both kind of just looked at him, and it was a moment. Uh, it was kind of like, boy, <laughs> it took us a while. To, like when the father gives it to you, you know, when Jesus says, all right, I'm going to put you in the game, then you, you go for it. So there, so that's one thing. You know, another thing is Paul looks at Timothy. And Timothy is not a teenager. Timothy's probably 30. Yeah. He's a young man still in that culture. Paul looks at Timothy and says, and he, Timothy's probably a timid soul. I probably identify more with Timothy uh as a man of God than any other character because he's a little timid. Mm. He's got stomach issues. He's a little insecure. And that can be me sometimes. And he, what does he tell Timothy? He says, look, don't let anybody look down on your youthfulness, but be an example in word, deed, faith, all these things to the believers. So on one hand, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. Be bold, like preach the word, Timothy. Raise up leaders. Do the thing. And at the same time, you, you do that by being an example. And the Bible's filled with Joseph and Mary and Mary and Joseph, you know, um, Esther, I mean, John Mark, Titus. There's all these people where they get the ball as young people. Daniel and his friends. Man, just you're in a foreign land. Go for it. So I take whatever the whatever ball the Lord throws, you know, passes to me or um, that's that's what I, I run with. And so I have to watch my flesh my motive to go well when do i get to do the podcast when do i get to teach the class when do i get to run the meeting when you know when do i get to be ra or you know a a resident shepherd or when do i get to be the assistant pastor do what the father be faithful you know jesus said be faithful in the small things whatever he gives you be faithful with that first of all you don't know if you're ending today none of us know so be faithful to that um, just some other quick things. It, honestly, the disciples, Peter was probably, we, we know Peter would have been in his 20s or older. Mm-hmm. There is a good case that the the other 11 were teenagers for a lot of things. There's a lot of reasons biblically where they were just very young and Jesus patiently was, was preparing them. And he did throw the ball to younger uh, men and women. Mm-hmm. Uh, so does does the Lord use all ages? Yes. Do I need to be patient and wait my time? Yes, because you don't know everything yet and you're still growing. But um, let the Father put you in, you know, when, whenever, and you still have to be humble about it. You know, at 60, I have to be humble because there's older saints than me. So it's all of those things. There's humility. There's, I need to be ready to go. Whatever I'm given today, I need to be, if I'm teaching, you know, if I'm leading a group of seventh grade boys, there's five of them. I, I don't need to be looking at the platform. When do I get to be on the stage? I need to be faithful today. Yeah. The father is always watching how faithful you are on the little things. Yeah. And if you've constantly got your eyes on the big things, then it may pass you by. Yeah. I'll say something really quickly, um, and then we'll kind of wrap up with one last question. Um, but... 
I, I think too often we look at leadership in such a glamorous light mm -hmm. and our heart is always turned towards what is that next big thing? Mm -hmm. What is that next role that's a little bit bigger than this one that I'm leading? Um, and it's completely opposite of that, of where leadership is 100% mm -hmm. humility, mm -hmm. just like Jesus did of washing the feet of those who are mm -hmm. around you. That's not pretty in mm -hmm. any sense or stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. I live on a residence hall with 70 other guys. Trust me, their feet are not mm -hmm. nice mm -hmm. at all. So mm -hmm. washing their feet sometimes, um, not in a literal way, mm -hmm. but yep. you know, in that leading way, sometimes is not fun whatsoever. It's not a glamorous job either. Um, and I think speaking to that of where the Lord is gonna place you when it comes to leadership, he's gonna take you to that spot when he wants you to mm -hmm. be in that spot. I can look back to every single, mm -hmm. you know, part of my life where it, the Lord's blessed me in a role of leadership and take my hands off of it completely because it was nothing of me. In fact, mm -hmm. everything of me disqualified me from mm -hmm. me being that leader. Um, and so it's 100% taking that heart of humility, that heart of Christ, mm -hmm. um, and just being, you know, content with the earthly realm that the you know, our Heavenly Father has placed us in, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily continually looking um, to the next. So I really appreciate what you said on that. Um, but kind of um, a final question, maybe a little bit more fun. Mm -hmm. um, what has probably, um, in leadership, or regardless mm -hmm. of what role that you've taken, has been um, the most, like, the hardest or, like, most awkward, whatever it might be, way in which you've had to lead that might have been uncomfortable or something like that? And that's a that's a that's a tough question, and it's not a funny answer. I mean, there's not a you know honestly for me, and this is a whole another. I'm a second chair leader, and the reminder of this also is, even if you okay, I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead. We are always under someone else's yeah. leadership. We are always there's always a first chair beyond us. Even um, I work with Pastor Jonathan Falwell. And we've worked together over the years. You say, well, he gets to be the man, you know, in charge. Of, he submits himself. We were in a meeting this last week where he was telling some other pastors. He submits himself to to collaborate. He submits himself to the brothers. And we have an executive team. that. So nobody's going to get out from me. To the, and, and the hard thing for me is just being second chair leader. And my, I've spent my life as a second chair leader where there is a first chair and I'm the second chair. And to which you've got a, you know, you've got a, Lead strong, but then if the first chair walks in, it's like, okay, you want to, you know, do you want to talk? Do you want to kind of do the thing? And so um, that's really for me has been is is the and just the fun of the fun is leading different personalities. First Corinthians twelve, there is the whole body, and there are little toes and ears and noses and elbows, and it's it is funny. It's comical. It's contentious. Uh, my staff, I've got strong staff, strong personalities. I've got people from all over the world. We're different ethnic backgrounds, men and women, old and young. And it, it is funny sometimes to see what we deal with. It's like, good grief, that's, a, you know, that's like a, you know, just a mixed bag. But it, when I'm smiling about it, I'm, it's also beautiful because it's the body of Christ. And the Father loves diversity. It's unity from unity diversity, not the other way around. But just the, boy, you are really different. And we may fight 
my team, we may fight for a while and then just let's just love each other. Um, so, yeah, it's it's worth doing the hard work of following and then allowing God to to let you lead a little bit. Well, thank you, Dr. Wellington. Um, we truly appreciate um, having you on the podcast today. Thank you for the wisdom mm-hmm. that you really brought to the table. Um, I appreciate it. I know Will does as well. Um, and again, like we say at the end of every single podcast, um, let this be continued conversation. Um, but don't let it just be a conversation. Take it with you um, wherever you're going and follow, follow, follow. Um, because everywhere that you're going to be, just like you've said mm-hmm. so many times today, you are going to be following somebody. There's always going to be that first chair. Mm-hmm. Um, be humble enough mm-hmm. to be that second chair um, and be okay with it, knowing that the Lord has placed you right there, right where you're at. With that being said, thank you, Dr. Wilmington. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really appreciate yeah. it. Thanks. Thank you guys for joining us here at Uncomfy. Please check us out on social media and go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And remember to share with your friends and family so you can encourage them to live uncomfortably for Christ. And always remember, stay uncomfortable.